0: Good afternoon, good day, good evening, wherever you're at. I hope it's all good. So today, uh, quite often, we do uh, have a topic that I talk on. And this particular time, we're going to do uh, what I call, uh, we conventionally call mountains and rivers or questions from sangha. And so I think sometimes that works very well just to if I go off on a topic or a subject, sometimes there are questions that don't get addressed and you may, through your practice uh, during a week or during your study, uh, through the various book studies we do and so on, you may have some questions so that, and sometimes that's uh, the, the Q and A part of it is, uh, can be very, um, very helpful for, for you and for me so I can, I can uh, understand, learn at the same time that you do. So please, uh, let me have them, or we can just sit here.
1: So go am I? So went Last week, during your talk on um, things arising by themselves, yes, you said inside and outside is a misunderstanding. So where do things arise?
0: So the the first assumption there is that things arise. So. Uh, but that's not what you're asking me is uh, do things arise you're asking me you're asking me where they rise.
1: it's something like how
0: how do they rise
1: how or and where and
0: which one <laughs> simplify it for me i'm not very uh quick i started on
1: with where so okay I'll stick with that Bye. yeah
0: so they they aware uh, or they um, they arise as we're a, we're aware that they're arising, and then we attribute attribute or we we blame or we uh, praise or we whatever we actually decide uh, spontaneously, depending on the shape of the form or the the particular causation that's rising up in terms of what it triggers over here if it triggers anything. So fundamentally, fundamentally, things don't arise, but it sure looks like they do. So uh, as far as location, that location, uh, we also divide that up just outside inside because quite often we think something's arising out there, somebody's being mean to us, somebody's uh, and we're having emotions about it, but actually the emotions are arising in our own mind stream. So it could be, uh, you could say to break it down in a relative say, you could say that's triggering this. So I often say, no one comes up to you, no matter how much they, how difficult, how um, disrespectful or, or even abusive, they treat you. I'm not letting them off the hook. Don't misunderstand me here. Uh, but the emotions you have are yours. They're, and When I say yours, they are in that particular mind stream, which is, uh, is, uh, is a mind stream, but is without a, uh, a self, is without a, a solid separate identity from everything else. So it gets very uh, challenging and confusing, brings up fear. And so then we scramble for some kind of a reference point quite often the reference point is they did this to me and not that they didn't do something, but what you feel about it may not be, uh, exactly what was, uh, even intended by that other situation or person. More if you have it. So when.
1: So when so is the apparent other or what, what is outside apparently is, is that just a, uh, Dependent on causes and conditions.
0: Yeah. Yes, it is. And
1: bowing. Uh, how does that arise?
0: Well, cause and cause and effect. This bump that makes this show up, that goes down, this comes up, this changes color, this changes shape, and it's just uh, the ten thousand things are coming and going and coming and going, and the self-centeredness or the assumption of a self or the belief in a in a self, or in the yoga tradition, would be the seventh consciousness uh, that is paranoid about what's happening, hope and fear, and so that that uh, uh, that does the positioning. Any kind of accusation or any kind of uh, uh, assumption about it's from over here, or it's because of this, or it's because of that. We see it all over the place. It's, it's the, Something shows up, and people have different ideas about what that is, uh, and, and they and they, because of fear, uh, because of hope, they will lock down on some aspect of, of of it, which stops any investigation, stops any inquiry into what it is. It's called an opinion. Opinions are sometimes we just have things that function like opinions, like, uh, but it's actually a. Uh, uh, it's still cl- some kind of clamping down on something to say, this is what it is. A conclusion is another. I say don't conclude, include. If you include, then you're more, uh, you're kind of in the dark. Uh, being in the dark is uh, the only way there can be any anything uh, that you would refer to as light. More, please.
1: So, when do things arise randomly?
0: It looks that way, but not. It looks random because of the way we, the way we separate things into parts and pieces. This is coming now. That's showing now. This is coming from over here, and then this moves, and then this turns blue, and that turns red, and then both of them, uh, all their color gets bleached out by the sun. On and on and on. It's just a constant stream of this and that, this and that, and this and that that help us shore up the very, very shaky nature of the identity or the discontinuous factor, or in facture. factors in the identity that is imaginary. So it looks, it looks that way, but that's a, that's a particular kind of word that means, uh, well, that's just random. It's kind of a, it's, it's random. Uh, I would say from the point of view of what random is defined as, and I don't have a Webster's in front of me, but uh, uh, that's probably just a a, a, way of, a way of concluding something about things without investigating. We, we want a position. Have you noticed? We want a position on it. We want to know. And we don't want to know ultimately. Uh, maybe eventually we do. But at first, we just want to know uh, conceptually, is this, is this true? Is this not true? And that's a good way to start. Whatever shows up in the mind, say, Is that true? This is what Byron Katie taught in her, uh, from her uh, spontaneous realization back uh, 30, 35 years ago. She wasn't a meditator. She was a spontaneous realizer, which there are few and far between of those. Further questions?
1: Thank you, Alan. Yes. He said to ask, is it true? Yes. What do we um, a standard or, or qualities to determine if it's true?
0: Yeah, don't set up. St- don't set up standards. Don't set up any standards. There are standards that are things that are operating as standards, and there are standards that you don't even know you have that are just assumptions about things, that as soon as something shows up, the assumption shows up today. So I wouldn't do anything with it. As long as you're a meditator, as long as you're practicing um, training the mind, uh, whatever it's, whether it's Shinian Lakdung or shikantaza or some other kind of uh, mindfulness practice. As long as you're doing something to train your mind to see more clearly, that may show up in lots of different ways, depending on the teacher, the teaching, the lineage, the whatever dynamic. But as long as there's some you're endeavoring to sharpen or clarify, see deeply into whatever's arising rather than uh, contemplate it in the sense of thinking about it or coming to conclusions about it. Good and bad, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, this and that. So just, just, uh, just train your mind. Further question if you had it. Jun Chu.
1: Sometimes when a story comes up in my head, and I think it's true. If it comes up against a situation that I'm actually looking at, it's it's obvious that that's not what's happening. Yes. When those stories come up and they don't have um, a reality to come up against, how
0: can I see that those stories are not true? Persist, persist, but don't look for the fault. Don't look for falsity. Don't look for truth. Just look at what it is. What is, what is it? What, uh, what question, why questions uh, will, will cause you to go in circles? You may have some kind of relative truth showing up. This is what, how science works, uh, materialistic science. Uh, why? Because. Why? Why because of this? Why is this moving this because of that? Why is that happening? Why is this? Why, 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 why? Spend your whole life doing, why is you going to get PhDs in uh, uh, the PhD in why? I mean, you can. I mean, it depends on the discipline, but you can get that and you can get big credentials for it. But what is this? A little bit different. Uh, even the, even physicists, and I'm not a physicist by any means, of course, but even physicists, when they go down into the fundamental nature of relative truth, they run up against uh, difficulty when the size gets very, very tiny. Like, uh, we've probably all read a little bit about this. I know I've read very little, but uh, particles and waves. Is it something or is it just uh, some kind of a vibration or frequency? So it gets into when we get down into that uh, subatomic area or when we go out into the vastness of what is this? I say, look at the dirt, look at the ground, look at the carpeting. Now go outside and look up. You want to see a contrast? That's a really big contrast. That should let you know a little bit about how limited... Uh, our situation is of knowing a, a pine tree from an oak we conclude oh I know, I know things about trees not wrong do that but why is circular why because why because why the i'm not uh, discounting the value of, be, of why and because of course not we need some of that but for the spiritual path we might need to use that to start with why is there suffering because we want something else it's the first and second noble truth And then the third one of course is just doesn't have to last. You don't have to keep, uh, it can come to an end. What comes to an end is quite a bit different than what we think is going to come to an end. And then of course, the the last of the Four Noble Truths of the uh, 2,500 uh, year old uh, teaching the sage of the, the silent sage of the Sakyas who actually talked quite a bit. He said, shila samadhi and prajna or discipline, meditation, knowledge. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement, and see the truth. Simply put, it just takes most of your life to be able to do that. Maybe all of your life. Maybe maybe you'll never understand. As Nagarjuna said in the second century, uh, you may attain enlightenment, you may not. What a sense of humor he had. You, what
1: is the difference between functioning out of belief in our stories and not functioning
0: out of that. Yeah, all you have to do is see the belief. Even though I say, don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't look away. Those are the three poisons basically in a, in terms of one's a, a functioning in terms of attitude or producing anything, reception, production. So if something happens, uh, just notice uh, the, the degree of attachment there is. If, if there's a belief in that being uh, actual, actually real, whether it's a thought pattern or a, a deer running across your yard, belief, disbelief, and I'm not against the belief, but when I say don't believe, don't disbelieve, uh, don't ignore, uh, I know you can't help but do that. I, I, I do it constantly. But being very aware of a movement of the consciousness in terms of affirming something, denying something, or shutting something out, as long as there's blood moving, food going in, coming out, that's going to happen. You're going to... You're uh, Anuvira Samyak Sambodhi, complete, unexcelled real, realization without any without anything else complete, Samyak, complete even if you realize that you're still going to have emotions coming and going they just don't occur to a person anymore
1: <laughs>
0: and, and if they do occur to a person then, then what happens there which they may, because that person may still show up every three and a half days uh, to uh, yell in your ear but you, don't it, you don't believe it, you don't look away. No no more ignore, No more ignoring anything. You don't see anything that isn't your heartbeat. You don't see anything, anything, anywhere that isn't the Buddha. Everything is preaching the Buddha's Dharma. Not separate, not separate, not separate. Everywhere. Everything is dependent. I've risen. There's not a single, solid, separate thing anywhere. Don't believe a word I say, but you could consider it. You could take it to the wall, sit down, train your mind to see clearly so you don't you don't need my teaching. You don't need anybody's opinion about anything. You don't need proof of anything. You see it. I always say, if I taught out of what I was taught, I wouldn't be doing this. But that being said, I needed to be. I needed those situations in order to continue to go further, uh, to step uh, out into uh, thin ice. I needed I needed that structure. I needed to. The, the 12 links on the chain of existence. I, need to, I needed to understand that. I needed the four noble truths, the Eightfold Path. I needed the, the Three Realms, the Six Realms. I needed that kind of a dynamic, a t- solid teaching so that I could begin to examine the nature of the consciousness that arose as, as, a, as this uh, experiencer.
1: Jokobong, we have two questions in the chat box. Could you read them, please? Yep. First one is from Elizabeth. Yes. But in a society with great injustice and violence, how can or do we hold people accountable?
0: Hold yourself accountable. Train your mind. I mean, we're I mean, it's obvious. You can look all over and there's insanity everywhere and, and intense political warfare. It's been going on. I always use the Peloponnesian Wars as an example of this hasn't changed much. Uh, because it's 2,500 years ago, about the time the Buddha was alive. Go, go read. You don't have to read much. Read a little bit about it and see. There was, there was, a, there was a, a plague then. Uh, there were people being murdered. There were people being imprisoned and enslaved. And there were armies fighting each other. Those people are gone. On the other hand, they're not. They're right here. Same, same dynamic is happening. Nothing is separate. Uh, Lysander, back in 2,500 years ago, is here today. Who is he? I'm not going to tell you. You figure it out. On second thought, don't figure anything out. Figuring is is circular. Don't don't figure it. I mean, if you're forced to figure by gunpoint, then you might want to figure for a while. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? I mean, if causes and conditions put you in a situation where I got to figure this out, I got to figure this out. Well, I would spend more time figuring it out than than I would saying to myself, I got to figure this out. That's a waste of time. Don't waste time. Next question. This is from William Murray.
1: For William. Is the consciousness in one body the same as the consciousness in another?
0: Who says it's in a body? I didn't say that. Consciousness doesn't belong to any, anyone. This doesn't mean that there isn't an, uh, some kind of a connection that is happening that, that enters uh, the, uh, an organism that operates in terms of, of uh, uh, the eye organ And that aspect of the mind that we call uh, consciousness, or even in the thinking process, sure, there's something going on there. But as far as the attribution of some kind of singularity that is going from one lifetime to the next, not happening. I'm not saying there isn't lots of lifetimes. And I'm not saying there isn't the illusion that we're going from one time, one lifetime to the next. And that illusion is (laughs) incredibly powerful. People actually believe that. I, I don't believe it, nor do I disbelieve it. But I don't ignore it either. I work with uh, past lives all the time. I'm working with them right now. We, we've met many, many times. We, here we are again. Here we are again. If you don't know what I'm saying, let's go into it. I'll help you. I'll, we'll do it together. we we'll do it mutually. If you ask the question, then I can respond. If you don't ask questions, I don't know much what to say.
1: Responded to William, you said the consciousness isn't in the form of the body, but you also say the first precept of the lineage is consciousness finds its own form. I do. So, what is um, finding a form <clears> that it isn't?
0: It might be a ghost in an abandoned warehouse. Are there ghosts? I don't know. Something shows up there pretty regularly in different ways that does not actually, doesn't actually have a physical form, but thinks it does. If you don't have any experience of that, um, it's out there. It's all over the place. So more, Kosan, go ahead.
1: When you say consciousness finds its own form, is that form an immateriality?
0: An immateriality?
1: Like a material situation with boundaries.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, but it isn't necessarily the material that you assume is like, like a, a tabletop. Uh, you know we, you have uh, you have the discontinuity of, of forms right in your own room. the incense the incense that's going up like smoke. you can't knock on that. Uh, you, you can knock on this, but you can't really interrupt this, but you can interrupt the smoke. So this doesn't stop at this in terms of solidity, or that in, st- in terms of uh, being immutable. It, it continues, uh, there, there aren't any boundaries for that. And ultimately, they're not different, ultimately. Sandokai, the equality the, the, the of sameness and difference, consciousness only. <laughs> I know, I, I think it's funny too. <laughs> More, please
1: is on the second tenet is um, the form consciousness finds as full as it is and empty as it appears what does it mean for a a mundane phenomenon to be full
0: it it could be full of uh (laughs) uh full of of the appearance the appearance of a rock the appearance of it's completely convincing to whatever perception uh is involved in receiving that that uh, appearance so the the two are not separate so there actually is no appearance other than the the on the reception end of it and it's you can only receive if something is producing keep let's
1: go when something arises um, yeah. it feels like I only see
0: one thing, which is uh, the self-centeredness that arises or gets triggers. So is there a perception that's being missed? No, it's not being missed. The perception's not being missed. It's misunderstood. That's why it's called a path. And, you, and the, all this, your question tells me you're on the path. And I would just say, just keep going. Don't assume. Don't manifest out of uh out of uh, plans for uh, some kind of a future, just watch what occurs. Whatever occurs is actually telling you what you need, what you are looking for. It's saying it to you.
1: Is the manifestation ever incorrect?
0: Uh, Relatively, yes, but ultimately, no. (laughs) Why aren't you laughing? (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I apologize. Please, go ahead.
1: She is am When I hear that like that that polarity um finally yeah. so it still feels like
0: there's a big part being missed in the perception of what is yeah. occurring. No, you're seeing it. You're you're seeing it, but you're adding on that something's missed. You're seeing it. But because that doesn't live up to your standard of what that should look like, if you saw what it is you're looking for, it doesn't live up to it. So therefore, you lay on top of that. Well, that can't be, I must, uh, must be off, or I must not be seeing it clearly. That can't be that simple. Yes, it is. And it's also incredibly hard to see because the imputation, the imaginary nature, along with the, 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 the uh, de- uh, dependent dependent nature and the imaginary nature Those things are very confusing. That's why we have that simple kind of uh, 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 the three natures. That's why we have that simple structure so we can go in and just use those concepts. It's definitely risen. And then we add on the imaginary, so to speak. And if you see that, then that's the ultimate nature or ultimate truth. Uh, Even though you're still embodied, you're still eating breakfast. You're still getting headaches. You're still having uh, irritation at the traffic but it doesn't happen to an individual anymore because there isn't anyone. It's not that there isn't something, but what there is, you're not separate from it. So you, so every every twig that moves on the tree, I'm not being romantic about this. It's very, very, very solid. It's as solid as the dirt that the trees are sticking out of. So I would say to you, based on your question, just keep going. It's like someone on the mountainside saying, how far to the top? And I would say, depending on who you were, who I was, and what part of the mountain we were on, I would say, who said there was a top? And then you would, or not. Or else you might say, oh, yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Okay. (laughs) I'll keep going. (laughs) More (laughs) or less? (laughs)
1: Is it's just, it's so difficult to have yeah. suffering and not think it, that it uh, is. there should be something. So I yeah. guess the question is, what is the completeness of just suffering?
0: The suffering is, is dependently risen. The Buddha said, uh, I wasn't there, but what I've been told, uh, he uh, Buddha awoke and said, and his first teaching, far as I know, it could be, you could find some, something somewhere said, no, he actually said this. It looks, and the way it's passed down through the lineage, through the centuries, is the Buddha awoke and and began to teach his homies there. Life of suffering. And this was this was not a pessimism. This is the truth. Life, you have nerve endings, lots of them, and they 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 get abraded, and even when they're stroked or or given touch or smell or whatever, some kind of pleasure, uh, that doesn't last. So the very the very Uh, instability of that pleasure gives us more suffering because then we it's called the pain of alternation we see the, uh, the the bowl of ice cream is there and now it's half gone Uh oh won't be long and that'll be totally gone that sucks and so and then there's no ice cream at all which is a pain and suffering hunger uh, however, you want to characterize it, and it's it's the Buddha was saying this is what's happening, and uh, then he began to talk about uh, all of that being uh, that's the provisional teachings that give us some kind of a structure, like the twelve links on the chain of existence. Um, we said the four, four noble truths as we just talked about, and the uh, the six realms, the five skandhas, and, and on and on and on to all different kinds of uh, the three natures and so on, ways of understanding it. So give me a a direct question coming out of your previous question, direct, as direct as you can get it. It's difficult
1: because it feels like what is coming up is
0: so unclear. So it's hard to formulate a clear question around. So let me. Okay. Okay, So the the suffering that comes up is what the ego mind is trying to get rid of the suffering, tries to cover up the suffering because there's an assumption that we are somebody and we're the one who's suffering. But actually, the suffering is suffering. It's the very nature of dependent origination of Pratitya Samudpada. It's the very nature of it. So we, instead of seeing our true nature, instead of stepping uh, into onto uh, the spiritual path with some kind of a guide or person to help you do that, or uh, and a community and the teaching, everything is dependently arisen. This is the basic teaching with all kinds of elaborations on that. Uh, instead, we, try to pu- we, either, we either try to push it away by literally medicating ourselves or even using a meditation to get rid of it. And if it doesn't work, then we think we have the wrong meditation and we're not doing enough of it. That's why it's necessary to have the three jewels. As far as I see, I'm not saying you can't do it without that. There are a lot of spontaneous realizers. When I say a lot, a few dozen probably that have realized this without any kind of strong path because of the karma that brought them into this life stream. Uh, shows up in such a way that they just get whacked enough that so they suddenly realize there isn't anyone, and if you don't have any kind of training under that, that's gonna that can be terrifying. Uh, it happened to U. G. Krishnamurti. He called uh, his enlightenment was called the calamity. He didn't say that it was a, a brilliant uh, view of the nature of fundamental reality. Uh, the same with uh, uh, Susan Seagal. She. She went instead of talking to meditation teachers, which she had done a little bit of meditation, She went around and talked to psychiatrists and therapists who tried to fix her instead of help help her see what she was looking at, which was uh, emptiness, the emptiness of self, the emptiness of other. So what happens, coming back to your question, I would say the suffering itself, if you can see that there's no one who's suffering, the suffering, the feeling's going to be there. That feeling may come from now on, but you. this is what the Buddhists call bliss. You don't care whether you're suffering or not, because there's no self in the skandhas. There's no solid being. Realize it. I'll help you, or I'll push you. Realize your fundamental nature is not separate from the from the tatagata. Not a romantic statement. It's uh, in fact it is quite ordinary. Nothing special, as Charlotte Joko Beck I think titled one of her books. Nothing special but vast and profound at the same time. Again, not to, that's what this means. When you this is you're bringing relative and absolute together. And you're saying, thank you very much. Be grateful. So the very suffering that you're dealing with, one of the way, another way to get rid of it is to blame someone. That people write in our Sangha, immediate, very close students of mine, Blame others for how they're feeling, and I'm not saying it isn't relatively true. Of course it is. This person said this, did this, whatever, and then you're you or, or even me, we're reacting. Oh my God, what? Do they leave me alone, or they, why do they treat me like that, or don't they see how much I know? Or that's what I'm always saying. Don't you guys see what I know? <laughs> Stop torturing me. <laughs> The torturing belongs to no one. I'm not saying there isn't something happening there instead of uh, a receiver, but there's no solid personhood there. It's called liberation. It's called liberation. And I can't hand. I mean, I can sit here and rattle on about it day in and day out. That's all I do these days is I want you to know about this. I'm here to do this because I am grateful. Beyond measure. So the, 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 the difficulty may come up and may go away, may come up, but any any attribution of cause and effect may be relatively true. But if you if you see who's causing what, it's like our, our legal system. I mean, it, it works because it's relative. But fundamentally, anybody, anytime there's a, a criminal act or an act of kindness, these are dependently arisen. We tend to go right to blame because we want to control everything. The one who sees there is no one, is doesn't. Doesn't really give a shit about control. Pardon my uh, accent. We really we care about. It. We care about some. I'm not saying we're totally throwing it out the window. We don't care whether the furnace works or whether the roof caves in or whether we eat. I'm not saying we go the other direction. But we we don't have the petty mind about things. Is, is starts to go away. And you can't you can't just remove it. You can't just take your pettiness or your irritation with. Uh, the, the neighbors or with your mate for that matter and do away with it you have you have to see when I say you have to I don't know maybe not maybe there's another way but the way it looks here you have to see there's no solid self in this kind form feeling what's the next one perception concept of the thinking process and consciousness of the sixth sense fields and their objects. That does not come together and hold hands and make up a a person, uh, an entity, but it looks like it does. And that entityhood or that personhood uh, keeps going. If this body mind collapses, that keeps going on. It's called a ghost. And you're not coming, who you you actually are is not coming to an end, but who you think you are may terminate. Then you may spend uh, 15 centuries in the ground or think you're in the ground or you may think you burned up in a, in a, in a flood, or drowned in a fire. There's a question in the chat box from Ian Kleiman. Go ahead, Ian. Isn't suffering simply the consequence of not accepting the way things are, and then in mm-hmm. quotation, says versus pain? Uh, A little bit of that, but you don't have to accept. I never say just accept it. Some teachers teach that way. I don't. Don't accept anything. Don't reject anything and don't ignore it. Those are the three that the way I teach. You don't have to accept anything. If you say to yourself, I just got to accept this. You're just creating more circles. There isn't anyone to accept anything. So I would say knock it off. If you're listening to me, uh, stop trying to accept stuff. And whatever rough and ready thing comes tumbling out of the closet and chases you down the hallway, uh, don't fight with it. Uh don't don't agree with it, don't disagree with it. Do nothing with it. See how much danger you're actually in. Uh, what is what is uh, actually substantial, real and fundamental and true uh, what, what goes to bed at night and lays there and drifts off into sleep uh, is not threatened. I'm not saying you might think who you think you are might be threatened, but your consciousness is not threatened. It can't be threatened can't be because but if you think you're somebody if you think you're a body mind complex if you think this is me then yeah there's there can be some danger happening there because of the nerve endings because of uh, warm and cold and smooth and sharp but you don't have to accept it uh, I, the elaboration on your question, I would have to hear it again, and I could probably go further into what you're leading up to, because you actually made a, a statement there and then said, isn't that true? And you're giving me a lot of credit for being smart, and I'm not. I kind of know stuff. <laughs> I'm not very smart. And I'm not just being saying that for the hell of it. What, what do I see? I, I see I see what I see this. I teach out of what I see, not out of what I know. When I get up, when we're done with this and I walk on the other room, I'm not some kind of or somebody who was just talking to a, a few dozen people about something. That, that doesn't tag around with me. The only way I know that I know something is somebody asks me a question. If you don't ask me any questions, uh, I might not do too much.
1: Nice show, Bowing. Nice show. Is nihilism a form of or passion?
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's taking something because of our fear of not knowing, because of our fear, but then we clamp down on it. And it may be the clamping down that actually functions as nihilism, or a intense negativity that makes us feel safer. Uh, or it could be the comment on somebody else's activity that looks like nihilism. Like some people say Buddhist, Buddhism is nihilism. That's because they've never really looked at You can't look into Buddhism without practicing it. You can't just look at the you can't just read the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, uh, and uh, read. Uh, uh, you can read Dogen from cover to cover, and you're, you might come up with any number of things. You can read the the uh, Majima Nikaya, the Digha Nikaya, the Samyutta Nikaya, and think it. This this is kind of nihilistic. Words of the Buddha, early words of the Buddha, Dhammapada. But not no, it's not. He's, he's looking at what this is, and out of his realization, out of his understanding, and bringing that realization into words and into concepts, and that's what I'm doing here to some extent. Not can't compare myself with that uh, uh, ancient sage, but I'm just saying I'm functioning as a dharma teacher. That's what I've studied. I had really good teachers and uh, and powerful uh, sangha or community that I supported. Uh, this situation so now i i convert into words or language what i'm looking at i I don't even have to think about it Uh, and i'm not saying i might not be better but maybe i should think about it some more but i don't plan much a little bit the only way i know about the three tenets is somebody reminds me what i said the only one i can remember is the first one and that's that's the one that haunts me the most Hunting, come to a conclusion about it. No more hunting. Now I know.
1: <laughs> Maria <laughs> yes, Maria. Following Chesan's question, um, I'm wondering. This is actually a question which I ask myself, but at the same time, I'm wondering whether asking that kind of question is closing the search
0: the kind that uh, chayson asked
1: chayson asked question about suffering yeah the completeness of suffering yes and i in, in the light of your responses i'm yeah. wondering whether is closing the door for for the answer i'm wondering whether whether this is the vicious circle which i'm creating asking questions like this it's
0: i wouldn't call it vicious but it's it has a circularity to it but you don't have to stop that. You just have to see it. The circle will the circle will wind down itself. Pump a bunch of fuel into one one end of it. Uh, just see the see the circular. And uh, the other thing I would say is enjoy yourself. This is difficult, especially if you're being put upon by your your job, your environment, your town, your politics, or your or the society. If you're being threatened by any of that, you don't have to end things. You don't have to end uh, circularity. You just have to see it. You don't have to end uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance, or pushing, pulling, and shutting down. J- if you see it, then it, it winds out, down, because if you do it, if you accomplish it, then this is a very subtle, highly refined uh, self-centeredness or narcissism that has found another hideout in the Skandas. Thank you, yeah. Thank you for the question. Yes, Jinshu. There's
1: a question from Semi in Portland.
0: Semi? She
1: asks, what would our lives look like without relative ego?
0: Uh, a lot easier. And, and, uh, and I would say it, just things would, would, things would shift. I, I can't be sure of this, but you probably would enjoy yourself a lot more because you would not be at odds with things. So when I say without ego... The ego could still be there. I sometimes say that uh, the metaphor I sometimes use is ego. Once, re- once you've realized what it is, it might still hang around, but it's like a clown on the roof. And it wants control, most clowns do, or it wants to keep changing its costume until it gets your attention. But it's on the damn roof. You know, just don't invite it in. Don't, don't give it any credential. Bundle of emotions. Say, look what we're look what I'm feeling, and and also don't fight with it, don't discount it, or don't chase it away. Let it hang around. It's unreal. skandhas that form the self-centeredness is unreal. It is just not substantial, and therefore you can be. You know, if you if you make friends with that, as, which is my teacher Cho Gim Tung said, make friends, make friends with that. If you make friends with that, you don't have any enemies, because you see everyone the most terrible enraged attack on you, that person is, this is the only way that, because of their causes and conditions, the only way they can get out of their suffering is to try to dump it on you. This is what wars are about. The one person, because of their karma, because of their, the interaction between the society and so on, is just, they just fall in line where they just rise to the top because the one who who was there around 30 years ago wasn't stopped And was promoted because people are greedy and they want the help of that so-called oligarch. So that's why they get supported. A no oligarch can't do anything by themselves, including ego. If you you don't do anything with it, don't get rid of it. Sometimes they say transcend it. I I think that's too fancy. I wouldn't do anything with it. Listen, if you hear the ego, the self-centered mind saying, uh, saying something, or you're feeling a bunch of emotions that are coming up around some kind of self-centeredness, where you feel like you're being Challenged by somebody or threatened by somebody, this is your—it's your mind, it's your mind. Nobody's dumping anything into you. It's your mind that has been downloaded into this uh, living form we call a human being. This is a powerful situation. Don't miss your life. Don't waste your life. Death comes without warning, and, and there's no guarantee you'll come. You'll be a human being again, where you can live in a realm that, that the Buddha actually said what he said. Buddha actually taught there is a t- there is a living Buddha, and there is a living tradition of the buddhist teaching you could be born on uh um, you could be born an alien don't believe anything i say but you might want to consider it you know, consciousness is arising everywhere all the time not just this little ball of dirt around a bigger ball of fire in the middle of nowhere the nowhere is vast and there are probably countless countless kinds of consciousnesses all over not just not just uh, us here and animals and raccoons and ducks and birds and things, but I'm saying right here there, are, there's more consciousnesses, more forms of entity, entityhood that you can't see. The world is completely haunted. Just a way of talking about it.
1: Kevin Bowling.
0: Hi, Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, does you, you've, You've, you've talked quite a bit about deep consciousness. And I do. the unseen realms. Does a lot of sitting practice, practice make us more susceptible to connecting with those unseen realms? Bowing.
0: Not necessarily. The causes and conditions that arise as any given being are, are so complicated that there's, there's no guarantee of anything. You could sit a lot and never never attain realization. But it might be a good idea to do it. This is our time. Our idea of time is very short. <laughs> We're here, and uh, we think this is going to last so long. You could start. Uh, you may not realize uh, what this is. And as far as deep consciousness, that's a, a vast and all over the place, and all kinds of forms are showing up. There's a good chance that if you want to look in that area, that you can. If that's something that interests you, interests you then I can help you there. Not because I'm so such a big uh, know-it-all in that area, but because I uh, I don't know. It's because I don't know, not because I know. And if you have questions around that, I'd be happy to respond to them.
1: Earlier you mentioned uh, that we've all met many times before. Here, You said, I think you said, here we are again. Yes, I did. And then in... Other contexts, particularly around working with difficult emotions, you've kind of encouraged us to look at when we say, there I go again. Yes. And I'm curious about what it is showing up in the first example of here we are again that is not showing up when we're inclined to say, there I go again.
0: Uh, they're just a they kind of rhyme a little bit two lines of a very short poem. <laughs> here we are again, there I go again. Here I am, here we are again. There. So one of them is all about us guys. So the here we are again is a way of saying, we have we have a connection that goes way beyond our uh, intellectual connection, which may be uh, something like, I think I wanna listen to this guy some more, or I think this person makes sense, or he makes sense here, but over here, it, so, but we're, we're here we are together there's a few, couple dozen of people here or maybe more or less I don't know but and we're together just like uh, people who are who have been students of mine for many years um, you know here we are again uh, but I feel when I meet somebody uh, just about anybody I have some kind of connection with everyone I meet and it isn't some kind of a woo-woo feeling like some kind of otherworldly thing I just I just know people I don't see any strangers I see people that look different but they don't seem like strangers, even when they're all tied up in knots over their opinions, their ideas, their politics, and etc. And when I say here, I, here, here, I go again, that that is that teaching or that idea about that uh, is uh, tends to reify the the self-centeredness that is that is having difficulty with a particular dynamic in the consciousness that that is maybe being jealous or. Or being going into some kind of depression or some kind of anxiety, and almost kind of fueling it because of the fighting against it. Here I go again. Or it could be anything from something very simple and mental like that to an actual migraine. And I'm not saying the migraine is something you can stop, but sometimes our way of working with that is is more about fighting with it, shutting it down, covering it up, rather than using that as some kind of a of a uh, to help our understanding uh, uh, deepen. So to say, here I go again is, um, I, w- I would say, don't say that. Uh, but, but when I say that, when I say don't say that, I know you can't help that. You're, you're bound to continue to say that some, but the awareness that watches that or observes that will probably be more clear about that dynamic. It'll be clear, more clear about you're actually, like when I say, don't, uh, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't look away. You, I can't help do it, but do that. So you're probably going to do it, but if I say that, then there seems to be more, more clarity around the simplicity of just pushing, aggression, just pulling, passion, or just uh, adding on something that happens, the belief in it, that you believe that that's true. So I would say, take your time. Uh, the, the parameter for that is called uh, patience. And it's not about waiting for something. Patience is not waiting for something.
1: <laughs> Looks like it, though, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Allie. Yes. Uh, another question from YouTube. This is from Jorge Tenzin. Is the object of meditation while doing Zazen Buddha nature?
0: The object of meditation while doing zazen, uh, Buddha nature. Um, you know, I think conceptually you could you could probably go that direction. Uh, I, I don't use that particular way of talking about it, but you you could say that. Uh, ba- Buddha nature means uh, uh, awakened nature. So in some sense, when you sit down, when fifteen sit, people sit down, they're all in different areas of how to work with the mind. But fundamentally, yes, fundamentally there isn't anything to do. Fundamentally, there isn't anything but Buddha. There isn't anything but awake. Nothing sleeps anywhere. It's not an opinion, uh, and you could even do whatever you want with it. Disagree with it, I won't mind, I, and I will not debate with you about that, because debate is has a structure to it that has to do with relative proof. And I'm interested in relative proof, but only insofar as those stair steps lead to a cliff, and that's relative speaking, because it's not actually a cliff. It's has been said in in the in the past by other Uh, Teachers, uh, it feels like a fall, but you never hit. You never hit. There isn't anything to hit bottom. There is no bottom. But the terror of self-centeredness thinks, this is not good. I think I'm falling. I have no reference point. And I would say, "Ah, go ahead and do it. So when you sit down, uh, Dorje Tenzin, and you look at the nature of the mind, uh, for you or for anyone else, it may show up as a, a, a solidity that has holes in it or uh, something that has uh, all kinds of holes in it that is very solid, uh, it could show, it's gonna show up, have some kind of relative dynamic uh, until it does not. You might say, until, I'm just saying, we're in a relative world, so I can use words like that, like until. Fundamentally, if you stop covering it up, you're, uh, as it says in the uh, teachings of Zogchen, uh, Mahamudra teachings, it's already the case. It's already the great perfection. If you see that, you see there isn't anything else to do. As my teacher, Kobanjina Roshi said, translating the Diamond Sutras, uh, or the Heart Sutras, Gate Gate, Paragate Parasam Bodhisattva svaha is uh, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. Everything all at once. And what was falling apart? The the construct that we call me and the world. That just falls apart. It just comes apart. It doesn't mean that it, the world goes away. It's not just you're no It's no longer something else." Something other, the, the duality or the, the that separation is gone. And if the separation shows up 10 minutes later, the separation uh, is also a part of that which is not separate. You, you can't get rid of it. Once once you, if you awaken, which I hope you do, uh, it can't go away. It's not an experience. Sometimes people say, well, so what was it like when you, uh, I don't know if they say, they have the balls to say when you awoke. <laughs> They might, pardon my uh, accent again. Nobody awoke. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, Kozan.
1: That last question reminded me of a verse from the 30 verses. And it says something like As long as consciousness is not situated in this only, grasping of a subject and the grasping of an object will not cease. So, how could we be sitting without intending to strengthen the belief in an observer or a subject?
0: Yes. You're doing it right now. Right now. You're strengthening that. Give me another question. So how not do that. see the way you do it just just observe it and because it is dependently arisen because it is uh, an illusion by just observing that without accepting it there's passion and aggression and without turning away or ignoring it that's what the sitting practice of meditation at least the way i teach it uh, shikantaza, sit down whole still all the senses are on receive Watch what moves. Whatever continues to move, that's your path. That is your practice. No matter how wonderful, how evil, uh, how, what's a daydream, or you're falling asleep, correct nothing. There's nothing to correct. That's a masculine idea that comes out of ancient uh, macho traditions, where we they all felt like they had to hit people with sticks and stuff. Just a misunderstanding, but it, it led to a lot of uh, a lot of men trying to push people around. Just a description. I'm not blaming men. I happen to be one. But the cultural situation, the context there is that you've got to force something. You have to hit somebody with a stick. You have to sit there in a box until you awaken some kind of a weird understanding of discipline. That All it does is continue to make the whole damn thing rotate and rotate. All you have to do really is hold still, but not maintain it as far as a as far as live up to some kind of standard of discipline where this person never moves, that must mean I have to do that. No, you don't. You don't have to maintain anything. If you don't understand, I'm here. We
1: have three questions in the chat box. Go ahead. First one, Ian Kleiman, and he says, where does compassion come in?
0: Wisdom or seeing the truth, when wisdom sees wisdom, there, there isn't anything but compassion. So one, one is no longer, uh, uh, compassion is not a feeling. A Com- feeling is feeling sorry for someone or sad or, or uh, uh, some kind of a relative thing if someone is less than you uh, and then they need your care. And I'm not saying that isn't valuable. There are people who function that way all the time. They want to help all the suffering people, all the, all the herd animals and all the uh, they they be, oh, and sometimes that's actually has a lot of valid, actual, you could call it compassion, but a lot of times the people, it's all about themselves. They want to be. So one of the th- ways they can feel better about themselves without actually seeing the nature of ego is to serve others and, and be the person, the nurse to their doctor. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you for doing that. We need that. But I'm just saying that sometimes one is doing that. So one gets, a credential out of it that protects you from ever actually stepping on the spiritual path because you feel like you're on one. You feel like you're one who is serving. And I'm not saying you aren't. I'm not saying that you should ever step on the spiritual path. That is your business. It's your karma, your life, your death, uh, your dependent origination. Do whatever you need to do. If you need my help, I'd be happy to respond. I have nothing to sell. There are no advertisements for this other than you're here i would say you might want to train your mind to see what's true rather than believing your ideas your thoughts your opinions your conclusions your exclusions or anything any elaboration on any of this uh, leads to circles so the the compassion that we're talking about as far as wisdom mind the wisdom doesn't see anything else so therefore as a avalokiteshvara the metaphor or the metaphorical being who looked down and heard the cries of the world uh and tears came out of Avalokita's eyes and became white Tara, green Tara, and all those other elaborations that use uh, images to actually talk about what how wisdom and compassion are not two different things. But compassion is not a feeling. It might have a, a, some kind of attendant feeling with it. I'm not saying that you'll, you'll be some kind of a, a bump on a log or some kind of Stoic person who just is very compassionate, but never has any emotions. Misunderstand. You might be very emotional. You might not. You might be hit with so much emotion, you might not be able to stand up. Come to conclusions about nothing.
1: This is from William Murray. Yes, William. Where is the mind when not downloaded into a body?
0: It's kind of a generic kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, um, talking about a specific consciousness or something like that. I'm not sure what you want to know. I mean, I, If I enter into that and, you know, I can sort something out for you. But uh, what is it you, you want to know? And then I can respond to that rather than bring me into that kind of esoteric structure. Where is the mind? I'm not mocking you or making fun of you. I'm just saying that. I don't know. Is there a mind? Is there, is there something we, is there, does that have some kind of status as a thing? The third question is from Elizabeth.
1: Elizabeth. Do you have any suggestions for practicing shikintaza? The other day I heard you say sit still and see what moves, if I have that right.
0: Is there anything else about that that you could offer? <laughs> Yes, set up a schedule, do it regularly, and try to sit for longer periods of time occasionally. I've actually that where you can sit sit every day. Start with a sound, end with a sound. Don't do it. Don't use a smartphone. Not that the smartphones are so bad right now, but they're getting worse. Eventually, they'll be telling you your heart rate and how good your meditation was, and how you should not be sitting meditating this way. You need another posture. Your you know it'll just it's getting uh, artificial intelligence that becomes more and more uh, intrusive. So use an use a, uh, um, analog clock. So you actually see something move, not just numbers show up or symbols or sounds. You make, you make your own sound and look at your timepiece and then set what just generally speaking, set an hour a day, two hours a day, whatever you can manage if you have work or family situations and try to do it consistently. And also notice that you can't do it consistently without adding on that I'm bad or I shouldn't be doing. Just do the best you can. Don't set up standards. But also don't don't ignore that whole thing where you don't set up, have some kind of a form. That's not necessarily a standard. To uh, observe a form is not to obey it. That's a misunderstanding. And it goes way back. The macho masculine kind of thing goes way back. You have to mind. You have to do it. That's just, it's just a misunderstanding. I had to labor under that for years to be able to see that this, probably not a good idea to do that. I almost broke my legs in 1980 when I refused to move out of my own masculine stubbornness. I spent three years sitting in a chair, I couldn't get back to a cushion. So set up up a time to sit, 7 in the morning till 8 or something, strike a bell. If you need to do something like a sutra, something like that, there's all kinds of them that are out there. You can Our monastery has all kinds of sutras on it. You can uh, incorporate one of those or not. You might want to do a simple gesture, bow to your cushion. If you have an image of the Buddha, bow to the Buddha, sit down, hold still. And then try to also, you can do uh, what I call block sitting. Take a four-hour block of sitting, not three, not quite enough. Four-hour block of sitting and strike the bell. Four hours later, get up. And watch the movement that happens in that time. It may, it may not be any. You may be just sitting there doing shikantaza, observing what moves. Thoughts, emotions, memories, plans to build a, uh, a cabin in the Northwoods, uh, uh, how, to, how, to, how to work harder on your, uh, your uh, uh, Portuguese lessons. I mean, it could be anything you're working with that you're just, whatever shows up in the mind stream. The important thing is hold still without being rigid. If you hold very still, body mind are not two separate things. They just look like it. And the one thing you have say so about a little bit is the body. Hold it still. And don't do anything with the mind. No mantras, no visualizations, other than the ones that come up spontaneously. So just receive, just receive. Eventually that tends to die down. It takes a while. And so then do the block sitting. And in the block sitting, you also in, endeavor, the primary thing is to hold still for the four hours. Pretty hard to do. So you might, after half an hour, you might get up and have a sandwich, or you might have a cup of tea, or you might glance out the window for a few minutes. That's still movement. Uh, the, some trainings uh, tend to separate between sitting still uh, of the body. I say endeavor to sit the body still, but don't, don't get macho with it. Don't get overly masculine, be gentle with your body. And this might mean you might have to get up every five or 10 minutes. Uh, but if you set up that schedule, so you strike the bell, Four, four hours later, you strike the bell again. That's the form that you observe. And so how do you observe that form? You observe whatever moves. And that may be your body getting up and going to the can and coming back. But your primary interest, is because you're even inspired to even do this, uh, that's going to be enough. That'll carry you through. And and study, uh, depending on what you need, study the teachings. They can be just, uh, you could read the Dhammapada. You could read uh, the teachings of uh, uh, of, of my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, you could read. Uh, uh, Coben has one book, a teacher of mine. You could read Suzuki Roshi. You could read uh, Kategorie Roshi. You could read the the Tibetan uh, masters, uh, uh, Kempo Kartar. Uh, uh, I mean, there, there's so many things you can read. You're probably going to find one uh, book I mentioned earlier by Charlotte Joko Beck. Uh, uh, nothing special. And everyday Zen is another one of hers. It's beautiful. She's passed away now. It was a a beautiful way of working with this, a very ordinary way of doing it that still did not completely water down the teachings of the Buddha.
1: Two more questions in the chat box. One is a follow-up from William. Yes, William. You mentioned earlier seeing what this is while the mind is downloaded, but not
0: downloaded. Body. Well, it's probably waiting for another body or or it's uh, it's finding some other kind of a form. So when we talk about the mind, we're talking about some kind of aspect of consciousness that, that has a kind. When we talk about this, we're talking about an individual. So we're talking about some kind of sovereignty. I don't call it a soul. But some traditions do say maybe. I think that uh, if you, you see that there's some kind of sovereign quality to it or singularity to it, but it doesn't have uh, it doesn't, it, it's not concerned with time and space. It doesn't believe or disbelieve. Uh, so um, so uh, another way of uh, referring to it is as Buddha nature, or uh, uh, the awakened nature that's showing up as an, a parent with the ability to become an entity or to, to come into this physical realm. This is like a huge school. So like these, uh, it's like uh, a bunch of angels out there to put it literally, to tell a story. And some of them want more training, so they come into this realm. And this is a this is a, a, a difficult school. Some people you meet uh, are angels, and they know it. They, if they're if they're preaching, they're not angels. When I say angels, I'm saying I'm talking about light beings who are incarnated. Do I believe this? No, I don't believe anything. I don't believe anything. It's not a bragging point. I'm just saying there. That anything can happen. Anything can show up. Is there? Go, ahead, go ahead, please. E? Who? E? Pete? Pete? Okay, go ahead, Pete.
1: Is there merit in sitting? What is merit?
0: I don't know. Hard to say. But yeah, I would say there's a, insofar as I understand merit, I don't use that too much because it's like you got. The teaching uh, uh, concept quite a bit, not against it, but I think it's uh, uh, the, the the merit that, that it's kind of hard to see that because it's not something you can particularly create. You wouldn't you wouldn't be here listening to someone uh, some old man talk about the teachings of the Buddha unless there was a whole lot of merit going on in your life. You can't you can't just do this because uh, I think I'll check this out kind of thing. It doesn't mean you you'll ever come back here again. And I have no requirements of anything. So, but I would say, as I understand your question, this, uh, a simple response to that, uh, probably the most direct is yes, absolutely. And fundamentally and relatively, there's complete merit. There isn't anything but merit. There isn't anything but sitting. There isn't anything but uh, Buddha. Unyo said, what did you say? She's very bossy today.
1: We can now dedicate the merit. She
0: said we can now dedicate the merit. <laughs> Okay, so in the monastery, they're going to, uh, I think, dedicate There they are. May the merit of us penetrate into, into all, all places, places, so that we in every second
1: being together can realize the progress way. G-O-S-A-N-G-E ji hu chi the three world worlds, all the gods, all the venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, Slivery (laughs) Krishna, Parmita. The prudence of Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sakukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors everyone who is unhappy sick or suffering and